0: Welcome to the Odds Checker podcast. We are today previewing the first day of the Cheltenham Festival and I'm joined by a panel of three experts who are going to unleash the value on day one. We are recording this on the Monday morning, the week before the festival, so of course if any of this is outdated, we apologise, but I'll be going through the prices as they are at the moment. And I'm joined firstly by Odds Checker tipster, Cheltenham maestro, massive profit last, uh, last year and, and every year at the festival as well, and a man in form at the moment in Andy Holding.
1: Hi, George. How are you doing? Yeah, very good.
0: Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Also, racing journalist and tipster Tony Calvin joins us as well. Cheers, Tony, for coming in. Hello, Rose. And Joe Chambers, the racing manager for Susanna Ritchie. So, obviously, all the listeners and viewers are going to get the inside track into into uh, Susanna Ritchie's horses for the festival and many other tips as well coming from Joe. Morning. Let's get straight into it. Firstly, just going to point out and mention the OddsChecker Injured Jockeys Fund campaign. For every bet placed through OddsChecker, either on the app or through our site using QuickBet, we will be, over £1, we'll be donating 5p to the IJF. It's a really important cause, so if you don't have the app already or you haven't used QuickBet before and during the festival you have those bets, you'll be, you'll be donating something that's so, so important to the racing industry, and uh, so yeah, I can only encourage you to do so. But without further ado, let's get into the festival and the curtain raiser, the opener, the supreme novice hurdle. I'm going to come to you first, Joe. We've seen in the past, you know, the the owner that you work for have some pretty special horses coming into this race. This year, just the one entry in Animix. Can we expect Animix uh, to to line up in that first race?
2: Absolutely no idea. (laughs) Um, They... Last season we thought he was a very good horse um, based on a number of pieces of work that he had done uh, particularly on away days and uh, he ran at Limerick I think it was on the 28th of December at a time when in fairness Willie's horses didn't run all that well over Christmas Um, but uh, it didn't look the greatest of maiden hurdles and while he jumped very well he was a very tired animal after it. Haven't seen him since Uh, Willie's left him in uh, the three grade one novices uh, which only adds to our confusion at this stage, um, but we still think he 's a good horse he 'll be a lovely chaser in time, uh, but he 's for whatever reason be it the ground the weather or, or, or the prevailing race conditions in Ireland this season he um we haven't not just him, but we haven't seen you know two thirds of our novice hurdlers and novice chasers for that matter. And you can probably apply the same ratio to Willie String in, in general. I mean, I, I don't think he's had a debut bumper runner since the 26th of December in Ireland, um, as an example. So, uh, And then yesterday they got 23 mil of snow at Leopardstown by the time the <laughs> bumper came around. So that, that probably sums that up. Look, if he turns up, um, if he turns up, I'll probably back him on the day because something has to win the race. And at the moment, I can't figure out what. Um, but, you know, he, he may or he may not. Uh, uh, and if he does, I'd say they'd be the Supreme or the Ballymore rather than um, the, the Bartlett that he would turn up in.
0: So, wrapping through the market at the moment, Betford Hurdle winner, Al Dance, is the 130 favourite. Uh, Fakir Duderi is the 5-1 uh, to one second favourite. Angel's Breath, back into 6-1, to one, having gone out to 16-1, to one, having been turned over uh, just a week or so ago um, after a few shrewdies the next day were pointing out that maybe the performance was a little bit better than the finishing position suggested. Uh, Elixir de Nuts next up is 8-1. to one. Mr. Fisher, who's a very interesting runner for Nicky Henderson as well, at 11-1. to one. Grand Sans- Grandsoncy at 12-1. to one, And then 14-1 to one bar. Andy, you got mm. uh, the, the followers off to a flyer last year with Somerville Boys. So um, who's going to win the Supreme this time around?
1: Um, well, I'm only two points down, aren't I? I <laughs> put up uh, uh, Getaway Trump in the belief that perhaps he might win the uh, Betfair Hurdle, switch of course to Ascot. Um... I've got, the theory was why, because Al Dancer won it, obviously one of the novices, um, but the getaway Trump didn't, which is a bit of a shame. He's now going to probably be rerouted, or maybe not even go to the festival. So Al Dancer was the winner of that uh, aforementioned bet fair hurdle. It's, it's been a race that has thrown up lots of good novices that have gone forward to the festival and run well without winning. Um, you know, you get me out of here, here's your baliandis, etc, etc. Um, Kalashnikov last year as well. Kalashnikov, of course, who went very close last year, beaten by Somerville boy. And in a fairly weakish year, I'd say in this division, I'd, I'd say just about sets a standard. Um, there's two ways of looking at Dancer, Really, he's Cheltenham win when he won on um, early on in the season when he won on the new course. November, yeah. um, I clocked him running a much quicker c- circuit time than Elixir de Nuts, roughly about 15 lengths difference, three seconds. So I'll be pretty sure that Aldansa is a better horse than Elixir de Nuts, and he, of course, has gone on to win a Grade One. But then the Ascot <coughs> race. This is, this is the race where you think, I'm not really sure what to make of it, because obviously he was in the first three or four throughout. It was a very slowly run race, as we all know, and the fact that the you know, 101 rag managed to hang on and finish third tells you that something not quite right about that race. It doesn't, doesn't sit right with me. Um, so it's a difficult one, really. You've got one piece of form to say he's a genuine possible grade one, else, and another one to say he's, not, he's below average. A lot will depend on how he settles in the race, and that's another key point with him because obviously he's a very buzzy type, he wears the hood. If they go a million, um, then he's, he's got a better chance of settling, a better chance of getting home. Um, Would I back him at five to two? Um, or three to one or whatever? 130 if you use non ground 130, 130 sorry, even better. <laughs> it, uh, that doesn't even make any, any appeal to me. Um, I think if you're on it, obviously 12, 16, like a lot of good judges are, great, you're in a fantastic position, you haven't got to worry. He's almost you know, by an accident certain to run well. Um, Therefore, looking away from Al Danza, um I'd certainly give Angel's breath, his uh, owner-companion, um, a big shout. Uh, yeah, I agree with the, what you said in the, with your sentiments uh, about that Kempton run, he drifted out 16 to 16-1, which is a bit of an overreaction. Because going back and looking at the way he ran, he ran like a stayer, I don't know what the boys think. Um, I think Kempton didn't suit him, he was on his head all the way throughout that race, I thought it was a good ride by Harry Cobden on, on South Hill. Um, not your second name, Zephyr Stone. Stone, yeah. Um, who, who quickened away from him off the turn. She had a nice turn of foot and then he stayed on very strongly. He looks as though he wants further than two miles but for now I think a stronger than two miles. If it's soft as well, I mean, we haven't talked about that. Mm. I think there's a lot of rain forecast for Cheltenham. The softer it is, the more emphasis on stamina it is, the more this fellow will come into his own. So I definitely think he's one for the each-way merchants. And if the, if the Juvenile was to run in this race, Fakir Duda is, and I've heard a little bit of a rumor in the last few days, I only hear say that all's not well with that horse, unfortunately, for those of us who have uh, nailed some <laughs> nice prices about him, switching from the Triumph. Um, I think he'd be a massive player because you know, the, the Juveniles have got a good record, the ones that have run in it, and, and I think he's an above-average one. I actually think he'd win the Triumph, regardless of Sir Eric being in it or not. He's that good. Um, Away from that, I haven't really got a strong opinion. I think Classical Dream will probably run in the, the belly more, yeah. he looks more of a stayer. Aramon quickened past him and then got re- outrun on the, on the running at Leopards Down last time. I think he wants good ground, so obviously soft ground might impede his chances. So all in all, if I could do the risk was to run and he gets a clean belly health, I think he'd, he'd probably be, take all the beating because I think he's just probably too good. Um, but other than that I think Angel's breath at the prices in front of me now if it's going to be soft ground I think he's a nice each way price Tony um, I like the shape
3: of the race because I'm keen to take our dance run obviously Andy said about that Ascot run uh, not sold on that whatsoever um, now eight hundred and fifty-two, but I think that could well flatter him on the back of that Ascot run uh, I agree with the Fakir he Duder he's getting 8 pounds I mean that's a, a massive concession given what he did at Cheltenham in the, in the triumph hurdle trial but um, everyone's talking about Angel's bre- Angel Breath, but Nico de Boer probably got a, quite a difficult decision to make between yeah. him and Mr Fisher. Mr mm-hmm. Fisher, you know, good winner of the Rossington, the Kempton form has been franked by Rougevish uh, at the weekend. But what I can tell you about Angel Breath, if you do fancy him, um, Nico came away from that very, very positive. He just said uh, they had to get a flu jab into it uh, before that run, so he probably wasn't uh, um, at peak fitness there. And also, he said he was coming to win his race there, and he just and he said he just felt the horse take a blow, so he wasn't overly hard on him. He, he did shape more like a stare to me, but like I said, I think you're going to get ground on the soft side, good to soft, no matter what nature does. I think, given in mind the, the safety concerns, you know, the health and safety with, uh, you know, it's obviously very important at the moment for the for the course and for the sport. So I think you're going to get good to soft. Leaning towards soft anyway, no matter how much rain falls, so that will probably uh, go into its favour there. I mean, like, he, like I said, I, it, I don't think it's it's going to be an actual peak supreme. This um, the, I backed a couple. I backed Grand Sansi at 14s. Uh, I had a little nibble at, uh, Angel Breath, but Grand is my my major fancy. He he, he lacks. He, he doesn't have the sexy profile of the least ex- you know less exposed the likes of Angel Breath, but. He's already shown a very, very good level of form, similar to a horse. It's uh, nearly a fifth of his price, uh, Al Dancer. Um, really, he's got a half length to find with Lipsia, the nuts on that Towworth form. Um, he travelled like the best horse in the race that day on ground, probably very, very soft, and that sand down soft can be very, very clawing. And obviously, he, he clocked a decent time on beating um so royale 159 rated chaser and vision Deflo was back in further at canton last time and you know I mean, he came out and won at fontwell as well so i think gronson see's probably is back to it's into 12s now and i don't think there's a lot of juice in that price because he hasn't got the profile of a horse that's really going to shorten up but maybe i'll be looking towards gronsey with the extra places on the day but um yeah i, I i'm keen to take an out dancer at the prices so i wouldn't be laying him at Freeze or 130 because I'm not into, not into, not, I'm not into playing at, you know, 2-7 <coughs> on or 130 <laughs> or on or whatever. But, yeah, Grand C seems to be underrated on form. Whether or not something can improve passing, that's the worry. But um, on what we've seen so far, Gronson C probably doesn't deserve to be 12s. And if you're looking for something at a bigger price, if you like a Nick Lix's and nuts at 8s and 9s, if you like um, Grandson C at 12s, if you believe in Ollie Murphy, go back to his early season form in November, itchy feet, has got a very very good chance compared to that. I know the, I know the you know the two aforementioned horses have improved, but Itchy Feet on its early season form, uh, you know shouldn't be a thirty three to one shot in char- in places. I think Blacktoe's yeah thirty threes at the time of writing, uh, time of speaking even. Um, I apparently you know, he was he, they're looking to get a run into him, but again the flu jab intervened there, so they decided just to back off and bring him here fresh. Um, yeah just summarising, Grand on c but maybe wait to the day, maybe, maybe a bigger price than he is now with extra
0: places. Um, interesting looking down at those bigger prices ones. You mentioned Itchy Feet, Roddy Murphy's 33-1. to one. Thomas Darby and other horses run behind some decent horses. for Roddy Murphy as well at 25. Don't know where he's going to run yet. Rouge Viv, um, who, who obviously beat Getaway Trump over the weekend at 33, who ran behind Mr Fisher. So, so maybe less high-profile trainers with some interesting runners as well in the race. Joe, any, any others catching your eye?
2: You haven't mentioned Ollie Murphy's best one. I think if brewing up a storm came back to two miles, I think you'd nearly, I'd nearly make mm. him that material. I think he's probably his best novice hurdler and he's got a few good ones. Um, bit of blue and odd
0: checker, Joe. I don't know if you this morning, when you were looking through it, you had a bit of a go at Brett no, Beckford. No, I haven't. No, <laughs> I, I, I was
2: looking last night and I, I, he's just a horse I really like. And yeah. you, you can imagine um, being, Warren, uh, being Ollie Murphy, uh, Warren Greatrex, and Nigel Twist and Davis. They all travelled to Hereford one day last year for a bumper. And uh, I think Bruno Up A Storm beat Portrush Ted, who went on to win the Grade One Bumper at Aintree, and, and which uh, about very well as well. Like, and the reckon, third, yeah. the third horse of Twistons won the Chase at Kelso, I want to say at the weekend. Yeah, um, and I think it's won its last four or five. So. Uh, and he was beaten 15 lengths. I, I, I just think Bruno Pastorm is a very good horse, but it looks like he's running the Ballymore, which yeah. I think is a far more competitive race. Just of the Irish ones, just to give them a shout, um, Felix Deji won the, the Moscow Flyer, which historically has been a good trial. I think he got a bit of a freebie in front. But he's a horse Gordon's always told an awful lot of, um, and he hasn't been shy in coming forward about him, uh, particularly last year. And maybe they've just found the key to him now in jumping him out in front. Um, He's not going to get a freebie uh, in the Supreme, I don't think. But uh, of Willie's two uh, main ones, Aramon and Classical Dream, uh, uh, r- anytime Ruby doesn't pick one of ours in a race, he's yet to be wrong. Um, so when he got off Aramon to ride Classical Dream at Leopardstown the last day, that probably told me that he didn't think Aramon was going to be a Supreme horse and he probably wanted to find out if Classical Dream was. Uh, so where that leaves you, I don't know. Um, there's a horse I really like who has been taken out at the last forfeit called Bright Forecast he looks as though he's going to run in the is. Um, yeah, yeah. but keep an eye there's one. Um, um, there's a horse in Ireland called Sam's Profile that is likely to run in the Ballymore or the Bartlett but Mouse Morris thinks he's got another war of attrition on his hands and if it did come up soft and he dropped him back to two miles I wouldn't be afraid of having a few quid in him at a huge price um, only because now and again when Mouse gets one and he knows he has one he knows how to deliver him Um, and he does tend to pit run them in the correct race but where he'll go I don't know Um, but I I like the Mr. Fisher form line through Rouge uh, Rouge Vif or however you pronounce it Um, and I just think it's wide open I'm probably going to back a few rags on the day
0: so you, you mentioned the, uh, the Sam's profile there. I think he's trading about 1,000 to 1 on the machine at the moment. Yeah, yeah. So Ooh. if you're quick... He's still in you
2: know, it. Yeah, exactly. He's, he's in f- all three novices still. Um, they're leaning towards the Ballymore. But if, if this rain that we've had the last 24 hours continues and it, it does turn up softer, wouldn't surprise me if Mouse dropped him back. Well, it's, a, it's a classic, non one and no bet players. Yeah. the
3: yeah. 50s rather, yeah, yeah. rather than yeah. throwing it away on the win only.
2: Yeah.
0: So we don't want this podcast just to be a Supreme Novices uh, podcast. We'd better move on now. Um, to the Arkle, um, so in the Arkle we've got Laylor leads the market at 130, and the mightily impressive Glenn Forza at nine to two, Duke de Geneva thirteen to two, Deffy de Soy eight to one, Paloma Blue ten to one, Hardline twelve to one, Kalashnikov twelve to one, fourteen to one Bar. Um, Andy, how are you approaching this one?
1: Well, I think the first thing to say we've got 24 at the moment declared. Yeah, it's going to cut up. I think we're going to get. Pretty much, I'm um, sure, a small field again. Yeah, yeah. Um, maybe six, seven, eight again. Um, unfortunately, a lot of horses are going to be um, elsewhere. Another thing to say, they're going to go a pretty strong gallop, I'd suggest here. Um, if they do run Articulum, he's a strong front runner. Or Nea, Henry horse, we know he goes off fairly sharpish. Austin, um, them as well. Austin, them. Knock and house, knock and house. Yeah. He, he doesn't yeah. hold back. So you're going to need something that's probably just going to be right a little bit more circumspectly and that's an interesting dilemma I think for um, Glenn Forcer and his pilot because he normally, or has been at his best when he's made the run in himself, he doesn't necessarily have to lead. It's not in tablets of stone with him because he didn't make the run in the day when he won at Chepstone. If he, if he were mine, I'd, I'd look at the race and say, right, okay, we've got a good opportunity here just to slipstream this strong pace. Don't get involved in the early gallop. We know he stays two and a half because he's won at two and a half at Chepstow and of course at Kempton. And what he has got, Glen Forza, is an amazing cruising speed. I've clocked this horse doing some unbelievable figures. The day when he won at Sandown, last time out, he was visually impressive. Obviously, he battered Kalashnikov. And it might have only been a three runner race, but his numbers compared to the older handicap, won by not another muddle were absolutely astonishing. I mean, he was like 25 lengths quick. If you do the two races split screen and you watch where Glenn Forster's gone past the line, you see where not, not another muddle is. It's quite amazing. And he was doing it all in hand without being seriously pushed. He's a seriously good horse, Glenn Forster. And I think he's kind of like gone under the radar a bit because connections, uh, or let's say the general public thought he was gonna run in the Close Brothers. Yeah. You know, he's the same connections as Mr. Whitaker. We could all see the patterns he was taking. Mm. He was going to get a mark in getting the close brothers off 140 and, and, and dot up in that. But um, I've got a close friend that, that knows the yard quite well and he told me before the Cheltenham race, I think I told the lads in the office, that he, um, he was not going to run in that trials race in the two and a half mile race and he was going to run in a two mile race and when
2: they're going to, run, they're going to train him for the Arkle.
0: No-one told me, Andy. I don't well, <laughs> was he
2: 40s that morning? He was 40 to what? The stable lad of Channons backed him in Corals and Isher yeah, that morning.
1: That's it, yeah. Um, I told your you
2: son. A... Yeah, he didn't tell me. Oh, yeah, he didn't
1: tell me either. Right. <laughs> Kept that to himself. Kept him to, I know he's on as well. So, yeah. yeah um, he was quite
3: happy when Larish Ball came out as well. Yeah. 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 <laughs> the, the, stories, the stars have
1: all aligned for Glenn Forster. Yeah. He's beaten Kalashnikov, forcing connections maybe of Kalashnikov to go elsewhere. Um and he's just got so much of his favour. The only thing we don't know is whether he goes around Charlton one or two of the other horses have got Charlton form. But he's a serious piece of kit, this Glen Forcer. Like I say, he can be ridden either way. He's not a natural... He doesn't, like I say, he doesn't have to lead. Um, if you're on a fancy price, I think you're in a good position. Um, I think he's one of the most likely winners. Leila, I think he's very much ground dependent. Yes, he has won on soft ground. We yeah. know that. But he's got one piece of form on good ground to suggest he's a top class, grade one horse. And that was when he won at Charlton beat Dynamite Dollars. Deffy de Soy bolted up that day. He went to Sand Sandown and he got thrashed by Dynamite Dollars, again, who turned the form around, and Ornea. Yeah. Maybe it might have been a right-handed thing, he might not have been as well as he was at um, Charlton the first time out. But if it was genuinely soft, maybe, you know, virgin on, on quite testing, that would definitely slightly put me off Layla because I think he just struggles in that ground, having watched him a few times. So um, I'm not sure where I sit with him. I certainly wouldn't discount O'Neill as well. I think he's quite a useful horse. He'll, he'll definitely give you a good run for your money. And the other one is hardline as well. I'll just throw him into the equation. Gordon Elliott ran him over two and a half miles last time. and He had two choices. And they ran something else in the two-mile race over Dublin weekend week. Uh, and I think it was a mistake. He, he ate a run him in the first place because he hated the ground. The good ground was absolutely no good to him. He backed off his fences. He made a couple of mistakes. Jack Kennedy looked, looked after him. And he absolutely took off in the back of the second last. Uh, but he clocked a very big number when he beat Getterberg down in Limerick two starts ago. Yes, Getterberg would have probably run uh, one not for that mistake at the last. But that's genuine grade one form and Getterberg going right-handed, we know he's almost unbeatable um, over hurdles and over fences. So, if it, it's a war of attrition and he's another one that could be ridden off the speed. I think he's a big player. So, I'm already on Glen Forcer, but if you gave me a bet at the prices now, thinking that the ground's is going to be soft and it's going to be a strong gallop, I'd have to have a few quid on hard line as well at price.
0: Tony, you said you were keen to take on the Aldancer in the first. Here we've got a similar price favourite in Leila at 130 um, how, are you, how are you looking at this one?
3: Well, if you actually look on a Betfair at the moment, Glen Force is actually just about favourite. So... Um it's an intro, they've got a big dilemma here. I mean, obviously, everyone knows that that horse is forte. Is he, is he jumping? And I think they've got to bite the bullet and go out in front. But as Andy said, there's any number of horses that would like to go from the front here. And I don't think you even mentioned Duke de Ginevra. I didn't. I wasn't that, sure whether he was a definite runner. Yeah, he or is. He is, is, yeah. Yeah, he's um, going they, It's got to be on the soft side. <laughs> oh, no, I know he went over two mile four last time, but they're going to, I think they're, they're going to go for that race. And Again, it's another. It made all a, a gow on over two, uh, two mile four last time, but it's got two mile four, and they will go from the front with that. I mean, it's got burn up written all over it, and maybe you should look for a uh, maybe you look, should look for a closer. But uh, I think all the valleys has been sucked out of it. Amazingly, I thought anyway. Um, I didn't get the quite get the forties, but Glenn Forster was still tens in the immediate aftermath yeah. of that um, yeah, of, of that win last time, and I managed to get a little bit of that and a little bit of nines and. I'm very happy with that, but I am worried about the, the pace setup in the race. Um, it might make might make me a bit more unpopular than I already am. But I, I think <laughs> I Layla or Lawla, however we're pronouncing it. Um, I, I know it's a how shall I catch this? It's not trained by a trainer hmm. who's been there and done it, prepping horses for Cheltenham. He's, you know, it's not trained by. Um, it's not trained by Nicky, it's not trained by Paul Nichols, it's not <coughs> trained by one of the big Irish trains. And that would worry me. I mean, it's been off for a, a fair while since that disappointing run in the Henry VIII. Um, obviously it was it was great when he beat Dynamite Donners back in November on, on the good ground. But I'd just be I, I think the trainer for me would be a little bit of a negative. Uh, if you are backing towards the top of the market and there's a, you know, we may all come on to that with the Paisley Park as as well later on. Um, at the prices, I, I really couldn't recommend a better at the moment. Like so I said, I think you can make a case for any number of horses in here. Um, I'm a big fan of Knockenose, but um, I was at Ascot a, a three weeks ago, and the, I met one of the owners there who I know, and he had he pulled it up, and I said, "How's your horse after the fall at Leperstown?" And he pulled up uh, the video from the rear.
2: Yeah.
3: It took an unbelievably bad fall there. And yeah. it was really sore afterwards. And but again, that's another horse that likes to go from the front. Mm. Um, uh, I think for me, I think the most likely winner is Glenn Forcer. but um, I think the value has been sucked out of him. at fours to two.
2: I can't see a bet in the race at the moment. You'd be kind of disgusted if somebody has won an Arkham
0: mm. <laughs> oh, You'd
2: be kind of disgusted if somebody has won an Arkham <laughs> You know, it, 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 it's got it's got all the hallmarks of Western Moor horse chin and champagne fever all over oh, again. Yeah. You know, something like that. Um, I don't know I think Glenn Forza um, Johnny Burke's likely to ride it isn't he I'd have have no issues about him being able to adapt mid race and and not shooting himself in the foot Um, the more you look at it the more you kind of probably think that LaRiche Burke was was pretty close to a good thing wasn't he not Mm. in um, Mm. struggle to find something Um, I loved Glenn Forza at Sandown I thought the rhythm he got into just effortlessly down the back and that's where you can really put horses under pressure uh, particularly at that track wouldn't surprise me if, um, you know, us and them's only been beaten by La Richeburg and Voy de Rev was banged there at the last. You know, if they turn up in the day, you'd probably have a look. Um, it's a, I'd rather see um, real steel of the owners uh, of Jarrod's horses running the Arkle than Duke de Genève. I think he, he'd love a strong pace to target at. I think he's a horse who does absolutely nothing in front and has loads of ability. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, he looks like he's going to JLT, so... No it's, light no light that I can shine upon. It's, it's it.
3: Deffy DeSor would be an ideal horse for this, wouldn't it? But I think all the vibes suggest it's gonna go JLT, yeah. but this will be an ideal race for it with a pace set up but uh, like I said it's I don't see anything leaping out of me at the bet the current process
0: Yeah, the eighth one I read out for definitely de Soy is of course without no run non-run, no bet, so if you do um, back in i mean that you're getting about 130 with that with that insurance there mm. um just a quick word on, on Camelia de Decott who is still entered into the race Joe
2: Yeah she's she's entered here and she's entered in um the JLT in one of the handicaps on the Friday the um the grand annual um i think given the likely makeup of the race and the way it's going to look she's a she's a mare that likes to to get her own way like most mares um so we might be leaning more toward the JLT, I think, than anything else. She's been given a £3 higher mark um, than uh, in, in England than she was in Ireland, which I guess isn't too bad, but she'll get the £7 in the grade one that she wouldn't get in the handicap. So, um, no decision has been made yet, but I would have thought that we'd be leaning more towards the JLT than the Arcan at this stage.
0: Okay, and the two horses you mentioned there, us and them, is 20 to 1 best price, and that's with Hills, Boyle Sports, and Skybet, and Vodarev is 28 to 1 with William Hill. Onto the third race of the day now, and the Ultima Handicap steeplechase. Um, I mean, I'm going to pass this one straight over to you guys because I cannot make any sense um, of this race at, at whatsoever. So I'll run through the market quickly. Give me a copper seven to one. Manella Rocco is ten to one. Single Farm Payment 16s. s. per me sixteen to one. Mr Malarkey sixteen to one. Mr Whittaker twenty to one. Uh, twenty to one bar effectively. After that, and I'll, and I'll put it to the floor to see if any of you have any any strong fancies here.
1: Um. Yeah, I've had, I've had a bet in this race. I wasn't going to two three weeks ago as race. I was going to be quite happy to um, sit out to the day. Then I spotted that Mr Whitaker was available at 16 to 1. And, and, and um, my um, Shannon Manton with this horse has been going really well since uh, Ascot last time out. Uh, he also said that he wasn't quite right early in the early part of the season. He hasn't quite himself, hasn't come to the horse that he was, but he's been showing up quite nicely um, recently. Um, and they're quite confident of a big run. And the key to him as well, he's got Cheltenham Festival form, albeit yeah. over shorter. I think a lot of these fancied horses at the top end of the market, particularly give me a copper who's got no chance of form. I think he would be a madman to back that at six to one. Um he's got drifter he, in all over it. Uh, even though yeah, he was eye catching the day, anyone could have seen that, but I'm not sure he's the kind of horse you want in an Ultima. Um whereas Mr Whitaker he loves a big field, he likes the scrum. I mean he got into a right war um in the um, Close Brothers last year and he came out on top. And I think the step up trip trip's what he'd been crying for crying out for you look at him, he's just getting outpaced now over two and a half miles he got outpaced in the uh, Race Baron Alco won in the, in the, at the old Paddy Power meeting, of course. And I've, every horse gets outpaced by Cerno mm.
2: nowadays, so you'd certainly forgive him that. Um, he's a half-butter to three and a half brother to 35 mile. He right? is, yeah. I can't remember which yeah. horse it is, but he's a half-butter to... Well, Mr. Rooker. Yeah, 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 I yeah, mean, yeah. I backed um, him at the 80s for the Gold Cup, actually, yeah. earlier in the season. I spoke oh, to him at Adrian <laughs> I spoke to Adrian about it before he made his
3: um, reappearance, and he said he would have... He didn't think he'd have any problem yeah. for three miles back mm. then. And obviously, the step-up in trip is... You know, they think it's... Yeah, it's very much in his favour.
1: He's a great jumper as well, you watch Mr Whittaker, I mean, I've, I've dedicated a lot of my time watching videos of Mr Whittaker, certainly last year <laughs> on the build up to Cheltenham, just trying to find a chink in his arm if I could and he never misses a beat over his fences, he's deadly and he's, unbelievable. he's one of those horses where there's a crowd of horses in front of him and instinctively just knows exactly when to take off, even though he's got no room, um, so I've got no problem with a 20 odd runner race around Cheltenham again. Um, Look, I'm not going to spend hours like talking about this race because I've only had one bet and I'll probably just stick with it. Um, yeah. So yeah, Mister Whitaker, I'm already on him.
0: Sadly, Mister Whitaker, that 20s I mentioned has gone. I don't know if people have got bugs I, here, but 12 to one now best price, uh, and that is with uh, with Betfair Sportsbook.
1: I think I think that's yeah, I think that's.
3: His, Tony just losing his out up <laughs> Chase. I'll soon tapping away on the keypad. Yeah. If I could get on with 88, I wouldn't be here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm on a more general point, I mean, might be one for you. Um, Joe, are we comfortable with the fact that, you know, we've had, it's, you know, Nick is not alone in, obviously, sending horses out to Henrietta Knight. Do you think trainers should be a little bit embarrassed by the fact that they have to farm horses out to, to other train, other former trainers and, and training yards to get their horses to jump properly? And I mean, it's, like I said, they're not alone. I mean, obviously, Henrietta's done the business of mm. the back of war as well. I, I just, I'm, sometimes I'm a little bit uncomfortable with that, and I just think they should maybe be a little bit embarrassed by the fact is you know they are paid to train horses and they have to have to farm it out. About. I
2: think it's very common to have horses in pre-training at, yes. with different people, you know, at, prior to the start of the season, or if they're coming back from a leg, or if they're coming back from injury. And you kind of, for us, um, just a, an anecdote: um, a horse called Some Neck. He. He won a grade two at Punchestown back in, I'm going to say, mid-November time, something like that. But he won that only three weeks after coming out of pre-training from Sonny Carey, who used to work with Willie, and has now set up his own pre-training yard. So um, you also get a read on which guys have the more forward um, uh, than than others. I think the Henrietta Knight thing is interesting because it's not just Mick Channon that seems to use her, um, uh, Warren Greatrex has been quite vocal in that he But you're talking about guys who have 80, 100 horses, And Henrietta Knight probably only has six or ten at a time, and she's probably, like Yogi Breisner's been doing with Henderson uh, for years, not just with horses, he's been doing it with jockeys, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Um, It doesn't doesn't bother me, I I just think that if if you've got a horse that maybe isn't the most intelligent, or maybe needs to be taught to do things a lot differently than how they are, they're going to need more time to do yeah, it. Properly. I'm sure it's more
3: widespread. I mean, they are just very high profile yeah. examples and coming out like that. And, but I'm sure some trainers just wouldn't, you know, wouldn't dream of doing, you know, farming out elsewhere. I mean, obviously Nichols is famous for, you know, his indoor schools and stuff like that. Yeah. But maybe, maybe he, you know, he does that. I mean, he has pre-training schools as well. But it just struck I me. I think Will his... Biddick
2: does an awful lot of pre-training for Nichols. Hmm. Certainly with the younger horses yeah. breaking and pre-training. i say it's probably more ignorant. But I, when I hear
3: about, it, I just think, you know. I might be a little bit embarrassed that, but like I said, you need if you need one on one treatment uh, and you've got 100 horses, then perhaps you haven't got the time yeah. to give it two three hours a day.
2: It's the ones who are being farmed out that don't improve, you're <laughs> wondering where they went to, you, know, you never hear about exactly, it exactly. Uh, yeah, well, I just yeah. echo what, what Andy said on Mr. Whitaker, but um, I don't know where this horse is going to run, but there's um, one of um simon muneer and isaac sweds um janica i think there's two hand, two pieces of handicap chase form one in the uk one in ireland that are going to work out uh syria delac and Janika um look as though I, I, I think that cheltenham form is strong um and is by sadler maker out of a cap guard mayor all his form has been over two and a half miles i can see him improving for a step up and trip to three miles not just on pedigree um, but I think he, if he, he didn't get any cover the last day at Chelham, and the thing, he was coming back in the last 20 yards as well. He's entered absolutely everywhere. I'd love to see him run on the three miler because I think he'll really improve in his current form when he is stepped up on trip. Cyril um, Delac has entered later in the week. And in Ireland, uh, there was a handicap chase at the Dublin Racing Festival that was um, won by Whispering the Breeze of um, uh, the Potts and Mrs. Harrington's. Um, he actually got kicked out told he wasn't welcome in the uh, in the handicap chases at Cheltenham so the only race he can run in is the four miler um, and we've got Live Love Laugh who was second uh, to him and uh, unlike Whisper and the Breeze we're entered in the entry grand national we were given a mark of 144 which at the time we were 139 so we were given five pounds more we've since gone up a pound because Cadmium won who was third or fourth behind us Uh, In in that race at uh, at Leopardstown, Um, and I think the English handicapper couldn't give us more than one four four that we got in the nationals. So Mm. we're still in the handicap chases, whereas Whispering the Breeze isn't, and perversely, it now looks as though he'd have to give us weight when it was the other way around. Mm. And Speaker Connolly was third, I think, of that. He's got about six entries in the handicap chases as well. I just think those two bits of form are going to work out, and wherever those horses do turn up, they'd probably be ones to keep on side.
3: Yeah, just just before we move on, obviously, co Star-Civiler won the race last year. He's only three pound higher. Um, looks like he been laid out for the race again. It hasn't had the ideal profile, but... Uh, Nick Williams and that yard are, are just very, very good in in, in handicaps at Cheltenham, you know. Full stop. So you wouldn't necessarily be put off by that. And um, whenever you look at the race and you see Manila Rocco as a second favourite, you, your eyes light up a bit. He, he did obviously run a, a quite a, a much more encouraging race over hurdles at Exeter the last time. But I think you're taking a fair leap of faith if you're backing that horse. Uh, you're making that horse a ten to one second favourite. Albeit, you know, if you go back far enough, obviously he's very well handicapped, but uh, I, think, I, think, I
1: think Tom Seagal and, and Paul Kelly the, the amount of column inches that those two have afforded that Manila Rocco <laughs> is incredible. Yeah. And they must have, like, a, a dartboard with Manila Rocco on it. Yeah. He's, he's just been an absolute nightmare of to predict. Co-star and he Sevella. keeps suckering people in every time. Yeah. <laughs> he's always showed a bit there, shared showed a bit there, but ultimately he's a, he's a well, wrong player. tend to it? one in that, I mean,
3: it's just, it's just it's just ridiculous. Right, there is a bit of 20s, coos similar. Yeah. You know, I think you know ground on the softer side would be fine. Obviously, it he was heavy when it won it last year. Um, yeah, I, I think if you're going to have a bet now, maybe that at 20s is is a very fair bet.
2: Anyone know what's happened to Benatar this year? No, he looks absolutely lost. Yeah, and he rattled home in the JLT, haven't been prominent, mm. but his form has just been miles below that in fairness the JLT hasn't really worked out either but anyway he's just another one that caught my eye just being thrown in there
0: so if Andy's right as usual usually is it's going to be a hell of a start to the Tuesday for Mick Shannon with Glenn Forza and then Mr mm-hmm. Whittaker um, but a couple of hours there for the Ultima moving on now to the champion hurdle and a fascinating contest here and the market really interesting as well with Bouvedere just about still the favourite at 2-1 to one. Uh, Apples Jade 9-4 to four, Lorena 4-1 four to one. Uh, Charger for, for Susanna Ritchie at 12-1 to one, Veranda Blue uh, sorry Verdana Blue 16 to 1 20 to 1 bar um, it's, it's, it's one of the races I'm most looking forward to at the festival just I mean a, a lot of people saying that, that Lorena um, is way way too short in the market um, a lot of people are saying they reckon Apples Jade will go a favourite for this as well um, Tony coming to you first yeah. how, how do you make sense of this
3: um, I don't I haven't got any arguments for the front two of the market which when you're looking for an each way angle uh, when, when the front two of the market are very, very solid, it, it makes it you know less attractive, clearly. Um, like most people, I'd probably be looking to place lay Lorena on the day. However, I think you're gonna have to pay for it because I think everyone's gonna be of a similar mindset. Obviously, we don't know what Lorena is, uh, but what we do know is she's gonna have to find you know, 50, you know 15 to 20 pound improvement to beat be the top two. It could well be there, but for me, I don't think she'll have the, the pace. Um, coming back to the ground, I think, again, we're, I'm assuming it's going to be nearer softer than good to soft on the day, which probably um, will be against the likes of Verdana Blue. We've got a lot of time for, but I didn't think she had an ideal prep on the flat um, uh, at Kempton recently. And it's going to be against Charger as well, probably. Yeah. Probably need better ground. Um, I can see the case for Mellon, 20s each way. Um, now, she uh, he ran really badly at Leperstown, but the market forecast that just as it did the year before. And, you know, if it comes back to that, obviously that next second to be there last year, Maylund could well be um, the overpriced one in there. Um, I had back Super Sunday. Luckily, some don't want to know bet, but um, <laughs> I've had a little nibble on Betfair in the 20s, which looks really clever now that the last trading price on Betfair is $170. <laughs> um, they have always said it, it's going to, you know, they're going to run in the champion if they get soft ground, but uh, I think they're going to get the soft ground, but I, don't, I think they're going to, they're looking at the stairs and... Thinking, you know, that's gonna that could really, really cut up. Um, yeah, I mean, for me, I mean, I think Esparza Delan. If, if that's the fifth favourite and Lorena's the third favourite, I think there must be some, you know, some prices elsewhere. So, but for me, maybe uh, melon at twenties each way. If you can get, I think there might be. Is there some twenty to one? Normal and no bet melon with Unibet. Unibet, yeah. Yeah, I think that's probably twenty to one each way. Normal and a bet Unibet is probably the bet in the race but the problem as I, as I come back to I think the front two of the market are very very solid I think Apple Shade probably would be my pick of the pair but I wouldn't have much in it and that pretty much aligns with the bet
0: If there's ever an advert to why you should use odds check if you're backing Melon and you backed it blind with labrix, you are be getting 7-1 to one on no bet when Unibet are 20-1 to one. so big prices out there if you're shopping around Andy h- how do you Looking at those top two or the top three in the market, I mean, c- can you split them, or are you looking at bigger prices?
1: It's just a fascinating race, isn't it? Obviously, we've got the uh, inclusion of the two mares this year, which we didn't really expect earlier in the season. Pre Christmas, it looked like, you know, we were already putting the garland around um, Bouvetair's neck. Um, so, from that point of view, from a betting perspective, from a spectacle perspective, all of a sudden, I think we've got now probably one of the best champions we're going to see for quite a while. Yeah. And how it's run is obviously going to be crucial to the outcome in most races, but even more so here. As far as I could see, there's at least two of the front runners, along with Apple's Jade. One of them, in particular, is going to be more, no, more or less, a sacrificial lamb again. That's Charlie Parks. Um, you'd imagine connections of Bervidaire will be thinking, well, Fahim wanted to make the run last year, and they managed to do a number on him. Um, you know, Apple's Jade's going to want to row around boat in front. Uh, you know, to be at her best, anybody always thinks she's better when she's bullying opposition. She doesn't. Ha- I, know, I know she has come off the pace before, like. She did in the two and a half mile race when she got a lead and then took it up at halfway. Um, You'd be but, riding back,
3: Global Citizen, as well, wouldn't you? Though? And
1: then you've got Global Citizen. I was going to say you've got him into the equation. Um, not to mention if Petit Mouchoir comes in here as well. So there's going to be loads of pace sign on here. So as a punter, I'm going to be uncomfortable backing Apple's Jade. I think, you know, she's, if she got a freebie and it was an ordinary, you know, it was just a match between, let's say, and uh, you know, one against another, and there's no other uh, outside forces. You'd want to be on with her all day long. But this is a proper horse race in the sense that jockeys are going to have to get the tactics right. You're going to have to be in the right place at the right time. You're going to have to avoid mistakes. Everything. The ground's going to have to be cru- crucial for your horse. And I think Barry Garrett will be going out there with a huge smile on his face, a, with a bit <laughs> more exactly confidence right. this year, knowing that he's got a target to run at. Yeah. He's got a horse that knows his way around the you know the Champion Hurdle course. Come the big day, he turns up as Nicky Henderson's horses often do. Again, he's had a similar campaign to what he normally has. He hasn't been overfaced. He's run on easy races, flat tracks where he hasn't been put to the sword. If he runs anywhere near that level when he when he won first time out in the, in the Fighting Fifth, um, I think he'll win, and he'll win comes to be. The great thing is, he's, he's, he's edging that to a sort of a, a nice price. And if the money comes for Apples Jay dare I say, you could almost be thinking about backing Bouverie and to make multiples. Because it, you know, it's daft it sounds five to two, eleven to four, even yeah, three yeah. to what. It could even go out to that. You're getting at the odds. I mean, it's a it's like putting on your hand in the till isn't it, for an each way bet? It's it's a, it's literally free boot.
0: Especially twelve to one bar. The top the top three in Macdonald Arena is too short. So I think yeah, I gonna, mean, bar yeah. and a
1: fall. It's impossible to see Bouvedere not yeah. being in the three. Yeah, yeah. He'll come there, counter and going down from the second last to the last. And then whether he just goes and puts it to bed and Apple's jade's been softened up, it, 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 that 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 would probably be the scenario that you'd, you'd hope for if you fancy him. Um, I agree with the boys about Lorena um, I wouldn't be as absolute dogmatic about um, her at the moment because we haven't had enough evidence but yeah. the, the, the thing that kind of worries me is when she ran last time out at Punchistan and it was only a prep race and I know she was only in third gear but I was expecting more of her off my time figures I remember when um, Annie Power won mm. that race and she was considerably quicker than the other races on the card which you'd expect from a champion early, yeah.
2: um, aspirant Limity was the same do you or she it was, was the same absolutely
1: <laughs> battered all the other horses on the card. but insult to horse of Henry de Bromhens who won a maiden hurdle over two and a half miles went 2.29.3 for the circuit Lorena did 2.31 so that was 1.7 seconds slower uh, Lorena was and a, a maiden hurdle winner and then if you did from the back of the second last they both clocked 39.8 it just it doesn't read right yeah, a champion yeah. hurdle horse should be running quicker than a a horse in a main hurdle going flat out at the end of a strong run race. So uh, that's the reason why I agree with the boys with Lorraine. I just, based on my evidence I've got there, I just don't think she's quick enough to win a champion hurdle.
0: Based on the evidence, there's no reason for her to be four to one for the chances for the no. there.
1: And yet, like I say, when she had a a good place in last year's mare race. Right? She, she was good and, and she was quite good on the figure So, like I say, it, I'm, I'm sixes and sevens with her. But ultimately, I'll come back off the back of that run last time out. I,
2: thi- so. I think, as Ruby said, they don't know. I mean, no, he doesn't know you, either. she, you know, she
1: so. is. She's just an unknown. Too, <coughs> too much of an unknown. Conference. She's easy
2: to crab, but yeah, it's. I, I think. Um, <laughs> but it's like. You're you wouldn't bra- be surprised if she's still travelling there coming to the last either at the same time. Yeah.
1: You're a you're a brave you're a brave man if you want to I mean, Tony's probably got it right alone in the place market because there's minimal damage. Yeah, yeah. If he's right, he's gonna be right <coughs> spectacularly. But I wouldn't I wouldn't want to be laying up at six seven to one if she goes out of that sort yeah. of price. She's too good of a mare to be risking Ooh. at that price.
0: I'm um, one of the many people who backed her on the fifteenth of March last year, I think, and I've been sitting on it for a year. Yeah, <laughs> you're, like, you're what price do you get? Twelve. Oh, all right. So, nice, so, nice okay, yeah, right. so, yeah, so win so only it back at five. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, there
1: you go. everything's going to be set up perfectly for to run to his best, and at his best, that's usually pretty good enough. Yeah. And Joe, so yeah, so you're nodding along with. I
2: think Ruby and Barry are. I think it's a very big moment for Jack with Apple's Jade because there's probably only one way that she can. Be ridden, or especially mm. over this trip. Um, I'm not sure Charlie Parks is as much the issue as perhaps um, the, the the Pauline horse. Mm, yeah. um, but I think you know Ruby's going to be able to take a posse just in behind um, without having to worry, you know. So he'll be able to get what's likely to be a lively mare settled. But I think but the race just sets up lovely for Boover there. And I think if it does get soft, I think his best form is arguably on softer ground anyway. <coughs> um, I think Sharjah's chance is quite literally in the hands of Simon Claes um, yeah. from a watering point of view um, not, not so much the skies um, we also have saldi in here and he's probably likely to run um, and at the start of the season he'd have been the one that we would have been saying could step up um, he's a horse we think an awful lot of uh, but he's had a shocking prep he'd have probably well Ruby's adamant he'd have beaten Espoir Dallin um, back in uh, November when he fell at the last um, and it wasn't it wasn't a fall that was the issue but there was a horse coming behind him which actually gave him a kick and broke his nose um, so that's what's left him out uh, for some time and then the whole equine flu stuff etc so he's just had an awful prep but um, certainly with a view to the future he's a horse to keep an eye on um, it's just a pity he's gone up 5 pounds since for not actually leaving because of Esport <laughs> Allen's form um, but uh, yeah I, I'd be I think Bouver there is um, there's a reason he's won two, and Nikki is uh, Nicky's brilliant at these champion hurdlers I just think the race sets up perfect for Barry. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think the ground is going to go against uh, Sharjah, I'm afraid, unfortunately. How,
3: how big a fact do you think? I mean, obviously, he's won on soft ground at Galway, but I don't know how soft uh, it was that day. But That was... The, do, you, do you really think the ground's a massive fact? The, the yeah. form would suggest it probably yeah, is. Yeah, I
2: think it is. Um, and I, I just think he finds life a bit easier on it as much as anything else. You know, he... Like, last year at the... Um, no, he fell at Christmas when he jumped the shadow. The Dublin Racing Festival, when he was against Sam Crow back at two miles, mm. he literally was there tanking as they were leaving the back straight. Mm. And just as the pace quickened, he just can't let himself down. He just His legs just start spinning. Um, which is odd, because a lot of the Dr. Dinos seem to be going on softer ground, but maybe that's just him. Uh, he's more of a flatbread type. But, you know, Galway... Galway, I think... Um, I think Bedrock may have been the best horse in the day there. He just didn't win Mm. um, because Bedrock was actually behind Max Dynamite after three hurdles who hadn't jumped any of the first three and Mm. he's come from a mile back to finish Mm. second. Um, But, you know, Patrick, he's a horse whose confidence is flying at the moment and Patrick certainly seems to get on very well with him. Um, That's not to say he's going to ride him or anything like that, but I just think that the quicker they go on better ground, he's just able to do things so much easier. He just finds life that much easier on yeah, better ground.
3: Just come out of the ground, just one final point on the ground. I mean, Simon Clace has got some a tricky decision to yeah. make because it's an unsettled forecast. There's not a great deal of rain forecast at any given day from the forecast I use, but there's consistent bands of, and, of and rain the- coming up. So... At what, if that doesn't materialise, at what point does he start you know, getting the taps turned on? But the
2: trouble is as well, I've I found with Cheltenham in recent years that it doesn't take racing very well on softened ground. It starts to get chewed up very quickly. You know, The November meeting is a, a prime case in point that mm. everyone is going for these narrow strips of ground on either side. And I know mm. they alternate courses as well. I think while it drains very well, it drains very well when there's no activity on it. But when there's racing on it, you know, a four-day festival, we saw it last year come to Gold Cup day, mm. you know, that was only the second day on that track. I don't think it takes racing very well.
1: The one thing I will say uh, about that, though, th- this year has been different, hasn't it? Because I think in the last few years, we've been racing on genuinely yeah. soft, heavy winter yeah. ground, and it's been chewed up, and I think they've had problems getting it back to where they want. But this year, because of the, you know, amazing climate we've yeah. had, I don't think it'd be as relevant. Uh, but I, I agree... Joe, with regards to Sharjah, he's my, funny enough, he's my quickest horse I've got in the, in the champion lineup, based on my speed figures this season. He's winning the Morgiana, was absolutely off the charts. Um, he's, he's a right weapon when the ground's decent. I actually put him up a week ago. In a um,
2: Good form. I wouldn't put you off. It's absolutely, the yeah, He's, is, is, he's, in, he's is a good form at he's, all. At deadly, the but well.
1: he, the forecast is rather yeah. putting me off a little bit. I was prepared to be with him sort of 8, 9, 10 to 1. Yeah. 12 to 1 best price. Yeah, I, 12, I think no matter what
2: the ground is called on the Tuesday... If you see the times of the mm. Supreme and the Arkell and they don't seem to be too slow, I think then you could probably. Yeah, definitely. You know, it's, is it I think someone,
3: so, so I've read someone recently saying, you know, it's been good to soft at the festival in a couple of uh, times in the last four or five years, and there's been near record times of good to soft ground. Yeah. So, you know, I, but I think with the health and safety mm. concerns this year.
2: I think they're going to... It was, the, it was the nap of the week, wasn't it? What's the ground going to be on the opening day of the festival? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was <laughs> the nap of the week for a few years. Well, unfortunately, <laughs> last year, with the
3: 50-to-1 heavy came up... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> year, yeah. yeah, but yeah, it's like I said, who will be a clerk in the course. But like I said, I, I think I'm just going on the basis of soft, good to
0: soft. Um, moving on now, three more to get through uh, in this first day, opening day um, video and podcast. And we're on to the mayors now, where it's fair to say um, the person to my left should be able to give us a little bit of a steer. Um, yeah. Benny DeDieu 5-4. to four. Um, Lamini, 8-1. to one. Stormy Island, 9-1. to one. Roxana, 11-1. to one. Lady Buttons, 18-1. to one. And then, of course, Lorena and Apples Jade, both 5 and 11-2 to two if you want to take a chance. But with no run, no bet, Apples Jade odds on and Lorena odds against you. We have to expect that both of those will be, run, uh, will be in the race that we've just spoken about before. So, um, yeah, Benny Dadieu, let's, uh, let's start with...
2: Yeah, um, you would think that so long as the other two mares, uh, Apples and and Lorena, don't turn up here, that she looks to be looks to have an outstanding chance. And, and if that's the case, probably, you know, with, uh, I'd say our best chance of the week. Um, she won it last year. She's unbeaten for us. We'd love to be over fences with her, um, but she puts she's so good over fences. But she does put enough lot of pressure on herself behind in that regard that she then you just can't keep her in training for for very long after it. Um, I remember last year Ruby came into the parade room before the race and just said um, we made a mistake the year before when Vroom, Vroom Mag and Limini took on Apples yeah, Jade yeah. either side of her he said no matter, you won't see me until the last hurdle and no matter what side of the track Apples Jade is on I'll be on the other and <laughs> that's literally what he carried out um, I know Apples Jade had plenty of um, excuses at uh, Cheltenham and Punchestown last year we weren't a hundred percent on the day at Cheltenham and we were an awful lot better come Punchestown as well and, and I think Paul again was coming wide of Apples Jade at Punchestown and got there about a year too soon. But um look, she's a mayor we think the world of um we just want to see more of her. Uh she was due to run in the Rel Keel at Cheltenham on New Year's Day, but I think in light of how Willie's ran over Christmas he just decided I'm not going to send her over to England for her first run of the season, uh when all of his clearly weren't a hundred percent. Um, and while not ideal from a spectator and indeed an ownership point of view not to see a horse during the season you know I've no concerns about Willie really just gearing one up to go straight to Cheltenham and if she wants to go on to Aintree then again and then punches town after that's absolutely fine I wouldn't mind her running the Galway plate off of 147 I think it is later in the season as well as I think she'd take quacking but yeah she looks to have an outstanding chance and she's in very very good form at home Limini um Limini really felt the Cesarowicz uh, for quite a while after, and she wasn't really letting herself down on subsequent <coughs> runs in the flat and indeed over hurdles. She ran a bit better in the Hattons Grace, but she, um, Rachel gave her a lovely ride in the Galmoy hurdle the last day, um, and she probably appreciated the softer ground. So I can see her running well. Fran um, Krakow last here as well? Yeah, she... she, she um, no, where'd she won last year? Oh, no, right. two years ago. Two I'm years talking about when they all joined the loss together, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, she's not as good as she was. She's had her own physical issues, but um, I can see her. I'd be disappointed if she wasn't in the four, let's put it that way. And I just give a shout out to um, Joseph's horse, Slow Motion, who um, didn't run too badly on her first run back over hurdles, I think, behind Lorena in that race. (coughs) Um, And I think uh, coming back from fences, um, horses will always improve for a couple of runs over hurdles.
0: Interesting there. Slow Motion 50 to 1 at the moment, best price with William Hill and Coral. Um, Andy, how are you? How are you judging this one?
2: Um, yeah, I, I, I never
1: normally but that mad bonkers on these mares' races. They don't make too much of a betting appeal f- um, for me. Um, it's a difficult one to back, isn't it, from a pro punter's point of view? Benny, did you? First time, obviously we know Willie Mullins is just a genius with these races. I think he's out of the sort of eighty mares' races has been. He's won virtually all of them, <laughs> um, but. There's more than one way to skin a cat here, so I think there's a good bet without the favourite on the day, uh, providing their bet similar to how they are now, and that's Roxana and yeah. Dan Scouton's horse. Um I know Dan's prepared her especially for the race. Um got a good friend that uh, has got horses with Dan and he's been very sweet on her in the in the build up to the race. He's only given her the one run this season, kept her powder dry. Um if you watch that race back her lobby moved her down Vision to Flow, she's just had, literally having a score round over two miles. She was never going to be a champion hurdle horses. Um, but she came there cruising to her. It looked dangerous and then blew up. And obviously was looked after thereafter. Um, that should have put a spot on. The time of that race worked out really well with the festival. And don't forget she was good second over three miles to Santini last year yeah. in that uh, grade one at uh, Aintree. So she's got grade one form. She's no mug. Um, she's a big danger to Benedidio. I know is good. Um, but is she that good? She deserves to be even money. Roxana 11s?
0: Yeah, Roxana Best Price 11s at the moment. We Ten spoke, to, we, we spoke to Harry Skelton a week or so ago, um, filming some camel racing with him, and, mm. uh, and we asked him for his, uh, for, for his bet to look out for. You can see the camel video on all our Checker channels, I should say. Um, and ha- we asked Harry for, uh, for a horse to follow, and he, and he said Roxana pretty quickly. Yeah. So um,
2: Her best form's in springtime, actually. Uh, yeah, well, here? yeah, exactly. That's another point. She hasn't run around Charlotte,
1: which is always something I look for, and that's only slight slight niggle. Um, but ability-wise, she'd be miles better than the UK horses. Yeah. Um, I think that's, she, I think she's an insulting price still. Limonée, I respect <coughs> her. Um agree with you, that that um, goal. goal um, Galmai Hurdle race was a good one this year. I think De has won out of it since. Yeah. So he was fifth. It's funny that, because I think the four or five horses that race wide that day, took yeah, yeah. out to the first four yeah. positions, so you needed to be wide on the track. Um, but she ran on all the way to the line, and of course she's a Cheltenham Festival winner, so I'd hate to what? I, you know, you can either dutch those two each way, Limonée, uh, and, and Roxana if you shop around you back to the each way, with the big on the game. You get yeah, the majority yeah. of money back. But I think the bet on the day would probably be Roxana each way without the favourite, because they'd probably be like nine or two, five to one. Yeah. Um, I really like betting without the favour, When there's a short one, you haven't got to worry about whether it wins or not. You know, you've got basically you're saying you've got four places, Roxana. Yeah. Better yeah, to do yeah. Places. So I think that's a good a good um, option. Um, Tony. In a race where not, not that many can win, yeah.
3: Mm. Um, I think there's, at the current prices, I think, uh, is the bet of the uh, bet of the day in here, and that's Stormy Island eight to one. No one know bet. Um, if you listen to some people, <coughs> Willie Mullins would rather run Lorena here, but in the same colours, I think Stormy Island. He's got a very very strong challenger. Um, if you look at if you look at her form, I mean, she's only been beaten. Uh, t- uh, three times in the last five starts I means she's beaten a really good Yartic good time Tiara on the other two occasions but she's been beaten by uh, Mr. Dino uh, in Ortoy, Esparadella in over two miles at Limerick and obviously she ran a really, really eye-catching okay. race for me anyway, behind Lorena last time um, I think she's very much underrated uh, in this race um, she's only five pounds shy of the favourite on official uh, Irish ratings uh, I think there's plenty more will come from her, and uh, that run behind Lorena last time. I mean, you know, I don't think you know she wasn't overly exerted there. I think they took a bit of a pull coming around the coming around the bend there as well. Lorena went past, and, but I love the way she stuck on there. Um, I find it very very hard to see her uh, coming out the frame. We've already mentioned, you know, you've got to respect the likes of Lorena, Roxana, but I don't think Stormy Island uh, loses anything in comparison to them. An eight to nine, one on no bet. I think you can get that with Bet Victor and Bet. Uh, five, bet. And um I think uh, I think I think that's the call. We don't I don't know for certain whether the horse is gonna go there, but I'm led to believe that is the case. But I want the non one 0 no bet yeah. um, safely in at eight to one rather than the, the top price nines that's out there. Uh, for me at the current prices sitting here now, Stormy Island eight to one on no a bet each way is probably the bet uh, of uh, the opening oh, day. Tuesday.
0: Perfect. Two more to get through. We're going to have to rattle through them because we've already overshot this by, by quite a long way, but so much to get through. So onto the Close Brothers. Um Aploutar, 10 to 1. Favourite, Clondor Castle, 12 to 1. Um, Campador, 12 to 1. Riders on the Storm, 12 to 1. I mean, it's as ever, so open. So um, I'll, I'll put it to the floor to see if any of you guys have any any fancies here.
3: I'll uh, be very quick here. I've got no opinion in the <laughs> in those two races at the moment. But I would say is I'd be. We'll probably come onto it in a bit as well. I'd be probably wanting to run OK Corral in the RSA rather than the National Chase. But um, he's an obvious favourite in here if you've got to respect, Ballyward. But uh, no, no betting opinion. I haven't had a bet in the two races, and I probably won't until the day.
1: Andy, there's a. Potentially a very well handicapped horse, I think of the Close Brothers. Um, usually goes to a horse that's going to be a future graded horse, i.e., um, oh yeah, a you know, Master Whitaker, that kind of um, that kind of type. And then Henry de Brom has got a nice horse called a Plutard. Um, he won a, a very hot Nace. Uh <laughs> you guys the, the second, second time yeah. you've done that to <laughs> me. I <laughs> threw it to you first. <laughs> I, <went to laughs> I always end up hacking off someone, said. <laughs> you want to jump in first, <laughs> yeah. mate. Um, the, the the day when he beat Duke did it. Um, it's like not it? oh, yeah, that that as well. <laughs> um, yeah, but the day when he beat Duke De very nice um, early on the season. I thought that that race being very good, um, exceptionally good. In fact, I think they, there was two races on the card. Punches Cross won the other one, and Punches Cross did two fifty one, <coughs> or two fifty two for the circuit, and Plutard did two forty four. Like about 40 lengths difference between mm. the two over the same course and distance. Punches
2: Cross one again the next day. Punches well. Cross
1: one the day the next day. Obviously, Duke didn't know what he did last time out. Um, Midnight Stroll, who was fourth, I think he lagged in next time out, over yeah. back over hurdles at Cork. Ex-Patriot, he won next time out. Thurlers, albeit slightly fortuitously. Carter car, impact factor running that race. He's run well since. It was just a really good, it was what I would tend to call like a group race beginners when you when you get them, or graded race beginners. And they took in a punch stand next time out, he was backed off the board to win a Grade 3, he went all the way around the outside, gave the outside to no one, and in the end he ended up getting picked off by Winter Escape, who I think is a very good, smart horse. Yeah. I, I don't know what the connection had done with that horse, because he, he looked a one with Alan King. Um, but the time figure of that race is good, he's done some good numbers and I just like his attitude, I think he's quite, quite a classy horse, he gets in here off 140. There's certainly not a better handicap to us if you're a weights and measures yeah. man, because I think he's definitely going to be running graded races next year. Whatever beats him, a win, basically. Um, so I'd have a good bet on him at the moment. Think, was he 10 1? Strong one? words, yeah, 10, to one, 10 blue, to 1, a
0: bit of blue around as well. So I suggest that 10 to 1 may not <laughs> be around for too long.
1: And we'll, we'll
2: Echo me. all that. Two other things, I think novice in the in the handicap chases, um, obviously it's a novice chase as well, but just in general, in the, no, in the handicap chases and the handicap hurdles, see novices coming through, mm. they sometimes get in a little bit lighter. Not, not that that matters here. Riders in the storm will, will appreciate the trip, but back to a Plutard. I wouldn't <laughs> underestimate the fact that um, Shevely Park are spreading their horses around to um, mm. Gordon, Willie, and Henry in Ireland. Um, I think the three of them will be fairly keen to get them a winner on their first main <laughs> <end> goal at <goal laughs> Cheltenham. Um, I don't know, is, is Castafiore going to run here? Um, um, long since Mayor, do we know I'm where she's going? I'm not sure.
1: Um, I, I'm actually doing a preview now. <laughs> Charlie Long's in tonight. Um, you can you can let us know? Uh, yeah, if we ed- if yeah, I can edit, yeah. you that ed- <laughs> ed- in. Um, I'll let you Just know. Good, man, um, we'll um, up, uh, but
2: no, I, I, would fancy a blue um, I've managed to get a little bit of twenties and okay corral for the National Hunt Chase um, quite a while ago. But I think 130 that's, now, so yeah, that, that's going to be the best novice chase I think at a festival between Ballyward Ward and Disco Rama, who's an under, underestimated horse wherever he turns up. Um, I know he's got plenty of options. Gordon mentioned um, headgear for Champagne Classic, Mr. Malarkey was good at Ascot. Uh, Mortal is definitely better than his last run as well, or last run as well. So mm. um, yeah, I think they, that's going to be a fascinating race. So yeah, okay, Go.
0: Corral for the this is the, the final race of the day, the National Hunt Chase, just run through the market. Okay Corral hundred thirty, Ballyward four to one, Champagne Classic eight to one, Discarama twelve to one, impulsive star fourteen to one, Delta Work, of course we we doubt will run in the race at sixteens, Mr Malarkey at sixteens, um, Mortal, as you mentioned, twenty to one and a 20 to one bar.
1: My only problem with, with OK Corral, I almost think he's too good or too yeah. fast to get the four mm. miles. I mean, if you're on a big price, he's great. You're in a lovely position. You, can, you could almost lay him back now and just have a free bet. Um, I certainly wouldn't want to be backing him at three to one because I think four miles is gonna might just find him out. I mean, he clocked a fantastic time when he won at Warwick. He looked a really good operator that day. Um, that three mile race is quicker than the two mile race on the last circuit. I'm thinking how oh, this horse can keep that pace up for, for four miles. And they do go a good clip in this whereas Ballyward looks an absolute absolute out and out state doesn't he yeah. along with Disco Armor, I put Disco Armor up that day and yeah. not if you remember when he he come there looming up alongside um,
2: I don't think that was a foregone conclusion absolutely that not
1: I, I, I thought he was he was throwing down a big challenge and he, he took a while to warm up as well that day Disco Armor. he was mm. a bit sketchy early on but once he got into top gear he absolutely flew home um, I also rate Disco Armor. I have ever since he won his, his, maiden, his maiden chase so
2: still I think still chocolate his maiden hurdle at Fairy House last year I uh, still chuckle at his maiden hurdle <laughs> at Fairy House. He's,
1: yeah, he's, I mean, he's, he's, got, abund- he's got a, he's he's a huge amount and Paul of Paul Nolan has just had a really good season as well yeah. under the radar. He's coming back into the big time. Um, and I think Disco Ramo has got a good chance of putting him back on the map. But I, I think those two out of that, that chase that Ballyward won last night, the Forms worked out, Chris's Dream and uh, Champagne Classic were first and second next time out in the 10-up. It's hard to knock. And they, they, like I said, I think they look more... Uh, copper Bottom stays and Okay Corral, who I think wouldn't be the first horse to go there with a really sexy profile and not quite get home. I mean, he found out Native River, didn't it, In the yeah. end, so yeah. he, he won a Gold Cup. And I, I, I think Okay Corral should be in the, the three-mile race. I think he'd probably win that. Yeah.
0: So we're tied up now, just rattling through each of your best bets of the day, um, Tony. I think we just heard what yours is.
3: Yeah. Um, uh, current price is still on eight. number one, no bet in the mayor's hurdle.
1: Andy, um, probably two really. Plutard in the in the close brothers. I think he'll go well. And Roxana, each, without the each way without the favourites. Oh, ma-
0: napping a napping a, a horse that doesn't have a price yet is good. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what
1: price
2: would you be looking at? Um, I think it'll be about a nine or two, five to one shot without. Three places, a yeah. isn't it? Yeah, I'll do, mate. joke. Uh, Benny's the obvious one, but in the, in the spirit of trying to give something at a, at a decent price, and Andy's already nicked that plutard. Uh, <laughs> if Janika turns up in the Ultima, I'd be very interested.
0: Janika currently 25 to 1, but that is without no, no bet. I think it's about a bit of 16s with the insurance. Um, so, yeah, that, thanks so much to, to the panel for, for giving us their thoughts on the first day of the Chapman Festival. And um, there's obviously, of course, got, got Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday. This is being released both as a podcast uh, through iTunes and all your other podcasts places and also on youtube where you can watch us as well um, so make sure you listen to the other days